It's an absolute pleasure to welcome Kunal Sampat to the What's in Your Strategy podcast. Uh, Kunal, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just to let the listeners know, Kunal and I know each other. We've worked together in the past and have stayed connected for uh, several years. And one of the wonderful things that he and I did together, we were in a book club together. And one of the books we uh, we read and, and met about weekly was this book called Simple. I don't know if you can see it or not. Simple. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Um, conquering the complexities, the, the conquering the crisis of complexity. Uh, and it was a very fun time to get to know Canal's views about making uh, complex things simple along the way. And we had a lot of fun doing it over about four or five weeks, I guess it was. So, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. No, it was absolute. Uh, it was great, David, to to be part of the book club, and I, I love book clubs because it it gets you thinking and and makes yeah. you also understand different perspectives from different yeah. people. Uh, because you know you may read a chapter a different way than I would, right? And, yeah. and then we get to exchange uh, ideas yeah. in the process. No, that's exactly right, and that was one of the things I did for a couple people on a team was I would read a book and give I'd highlight, make notes, give it to them. And they would highlight, make notes, and kind of circle around, and we'd look at it at the very end. Uh, uh, kind of a leadership type book, I guess that's what it was. But that's uh, one thing that you know we all noticed was that each of us had um, you know specific things that were near and dear to us that we wanted to highlight. Anyway, this is about uh, what's in your strategy, and I want to hear a lot of things about your strategy, Kamal. I admire you so much. Um, but let's start out with a with a question. Uh, uh, you know, what were the challenges you went through and what did you learn? And I asked that question because I've, I've, I've known you for a long time and you know, your academic career, your, your career working in clinical research with clinical research organizations, with manufacturers, uh, consulting, uh, starting a uh, entrepreneurship business and then uh, starting podcasts, uh, your clinical trials podcast, which is very famous. And and with all those things that you have done, what you know, what are some of the challenges that you went through for our listeners to learn from, and, and what did you learn? Yeah, so I would just say from a challenges perspective, I think one of the firm beliefs I have is uh, we all have different challenges, no matter how rich or famous you are, and kind of where you are on the on your journey, whether you are just starting off or you're like a CEO or a president or a chairman of the board, yeah. you, you are, everybody's have is, is going through different challenges. Um, for me specifically, and I think this is a story that I haven't shared a lot or I haven't shared, I think online at least yeah. is I, 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 when I moved to the U S I was only 17 years old and I, I moved by myself. My family was still back home. And I, I remember like just the whole experience being very difficult, like transitioning to the U.S. as a young kid and, you know, me being homesick. Uh, but I don't think it kind of quite ended there. I think it was like I, I, I had a great like college life. But then, you know, once I was I started working, you know, I was on a on a visa, which really, you know, a lot of people are in a situation like me where they are like working on a mm -hmm. visa. And and it can be a little rough, right? Because uh, the future is unknown for you, and and you don't know what yeah. what's going to happen. Whether you're going to, you know, get your green card or whatever the case may be that that you're trying to to get to that next phase of your life. And, and I I remember like several times like during my career, I had some very difficult conversations and difficult experiences with different managers. 
And I and I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to lose my job and then I'm probably going to be having to go back home or, you know, so so on and so forth. And, I, and actually, in hindsight, it wouldn't matter so much. And I think I'd also like talk to myself, like if I had to go back home, it wasn't like a big deal. Um, but but I think that that fear of unknown and, and what's going to happen, I, I just want to kind of highlight, like, I think a lot of people are experiencing that, you know, in, in general on a day to day level. Um and, and, uh, you know, I also had one manager at least tell me like, Hey, you know, you know, that we have, we can find a lot of people like you to do this job. You understand that, right? That that's what what manager told me. And that was like a big realization for me. It's like, okay, you know, this is all about business. And, and, you know, when you work in, in, Mm -hmm. in, in a company or a corporate sector, you, you kind of are at the mercy of your employer. And, and I think that was a big realization for me. Um, you know, in my career, mm-hmm. did you have? Did you have uh, just a follow up question? That did you have a job uh, back in India, and you you lived outside Mumbai? Is that correct? Where did- I lived in Mumbai. I didn't have a job in in India. I, I mean, I used to work for my uncle yeah. for on a part in the yeah. summer, but that wasn't like a you know that was you know just as a cashier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all I did uh, for the summers. Uh, but I, I did, uh, yeah, I think my first job uh, was in, in the United States when I moved here, um, you know, working in the cafeteria, cleaning dishes. Yeah. So that was, that was my first yeah. job. Um, and um, yeah, so yeah, I think the only reason I wanted to bring up my challenge is if you, if you are, you know, even if, you, if you're not on a visa or whatever, I think the point being that everybody has different challenges going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to respect that and be aware that, you know, nobody is kind of challenge free per se. Yeah, that's that's true. That's very very true. Thank you for uh, bringing that point up. You know, I've got a question here about uh, you know what underrated uh, tool or um, that that you feel like was indispensable for for your job. And you've had several types of journeys in your in the job. Um, and uh, I'd get, like to get your thoughts about that. About what's the secret tool you think that uh, to not underestimate? Yeah, I think the the number one tool is understanding human psychology. I think, you know, as in no, no matter which sector you work in or which, um, whether you work for sponsors or clinical trial mm-hmm. sites or, you know, regulatory affairs, uh, you work for the government, I think we're all human beings. And I think being able to work with other human beings is, is an art and a skill in mm-hmm. itself. And, and I think I am also on this journey of trying to get better and better uh, with it uh, over time. So it sounds like, you know, in terms of like the tool, I think, you know, there's a specific script that I keep repeating or keep telling myself. It's like everybody is trying to do their very best. Yeah. And, and I think when I get frustrated with someone, then I just say, OK, this person is really trying to do their very best. And I think it, it, it kind of calms me down and then gives allows me to give them the benefit of doubt. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you know, they were having a bad day, or maybe they don't understand this very well, they need some education or some skills in, in that area. And then it, it makes me feel like I could help them in, in their journey. Yeah. Um, so that that's one. And I think working on a project, any project, I think, you know, I always can think that, you know, how can I include other people mm-hmm. in my in the decision making process? I think the way decisions are made in today's world, they, they you you know, even if you're a, a president or CEO or VP or director, 
or manager, you know, you're not making decisions by yourself. You need to include your team in the decision-making process. And I think that has also been, I think, indispensable, I would say, like a tool in my toolkit. It's like, how can I involve more people in in the decision-making process? Uh, I mean, obviously, there are technology tools, like you could talk about, like one of my favorite tools in, from a technology perspective is Office Timeline to create project timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check it out, officetimeline.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can create really beautiful timelines, uh, but that's more on the tactical side as a project manager. Uh, but on the day-to-day level, I think just being able to get along with people and and working as a team and realizing people are doing their very best i think those the, that will in itself will serve you very you know uh f- yeah will serve you really yeah, well it seems like a good way to build that environment that milieu to make really people want to do their best you know when they feel comfortable mm-hmm. that you believe that in them and they don't have to worry about that because in, in a way you have their back you know this is um this is a, a follow-up to the couple of questions above that I've asked, but, you know, this is like what's in your strategy. You know, I, I'm interested to hear from you, and, and I think the listeners would too, you know, of all the wonderful projects and challenges and tasks that you have been given and that you've succeeded in and succeeded well, um, can, can you think of a time where you had to think about the strategy that you were going to use overcome this either challenge or um or yeah you know or um or task or opportunity i mean you and i've known each other like i've got several that when i've watched you and to see just how amazing you were uh of getting of getting you know getting to the bottom line and getting to the results but what would what pops up to your top of the top of the list when you think about using strategy in you know strategic thinking in order to accomplish something, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, a couple of things. So one might sound very uh, non-traditional, I would say, but I always try to think of ways how I can do things in the opposite way of how somebody yeah. else is doing. So if, if somebody's taking a certain approach to, and I know it's kind of hard with regulations and so on, like you can't do things in the opposite way, but you can still think creatively within the scope of the regulation is yeah. like how can you do things in a non-traditional way. So I've worked on like some, Pretty interesting projects where we took retrospective uh, clinical trial data and then we submitted to the FDA. We actually got a, a PMA approved by the FDA using retrospective data. Basically, we skipped the whole time it took to you you know you would have spent to enroll new patients in a trial um, and millions of dollars, of course, in the process. So you know we for about five hundred thousand dollars, we were able to get a, a you know that includes FDA fees and and working with a couple of sites and and their registry data and then using that data to to get the get the product on the market. So again, thinking of ways like ways on how you can like think of like what what would be the opposite like of doing a trial. So what the opposite is not doing a trial, <laughs> and how can I not do a trial and and get the same results, right? So so I, I think I like to think about it that way. Um, and then another tool that I, and it's free for people to use, you can Google search it. It's called a Ship It Journal, S-H-I-P-I-T, um, Ship It Journal. And the name of the author is Seth Godin, S-E-T-H-G-O-D-I-N. He's my favorite author of all times. And you can, Seth has a PDF uh, that you can download from his website uh, or, you know, and then there's also an audio uh, component to it that you can also download. And, I, you know, what Seth tells you is that you want to complete those journals for every new project that you take on. So anytime you have a new project, you pull out the journal, you can print it out at home, uh, you know, or you could, you know, get a fancy journal from from an, from one of the websites. I think Moo.com sells it, M-O-O 
uh, com. They, they have shipped journals that you can buy. But, and then you the, use the audio, turn on the audio on your computer and then sit down with by yourself or with your team and then complete the journal. Uh, basically, the what the journal really does is it helps you co- uh, conquer your fears and kind of puts them on paper. So it helps you kind of say, okay, here are the different issues that I can think in my brain can happen with this project. And then it forces you to confront them on paper. So the minute you put it on paper, they kind of disappear. And I know it's kind of crazy how that works, mm-hmm. but it does. <laughs> um, and and I, I recommend like, yeah, yeah, checking out the Ship It Journal. Um, so that, that I think those would be my two um, pieces of advice or, or suggestions. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, for for the listeners. You, you know, I'm noticing you uh, this entrepreneur spirit that you have, uh, and actually, I think you and your wife have a sense of starting uh, businesses and things like that. And uh, one of the one of the things I think could, could be related to the uh, uh, indispensable tool, uh, underrated tool, is you know what's what's your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs? And you know, we live here in the Silicon Valley area here in California, and it's one of the Hotspots of entrepreneurship, uh, startups, uh, financing, uh, and things. And so I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts about your favorite productivity uh, hack for entrepreneurs. Yeah. 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 I think uh, there's there's a few, but I think the big one is just getting stuff done, like just getting shit done. Like I think people just like sit on it and contemplate forever. And it's not going to be perfect. And I have, you know, there's this concept called the messy middle where you're, you, you create something and then you ship it out and then it's messy. And then you, you iterate on mm-hmm. that, on the, on the, on, on the last version mm-hmm. that you had. So that iteration is really critical. Um, and, you know, we're just afraid to ship something because we will feel like people will yeah. not like what we shipped. And we, we, we don't realize that, Hey, that iteration process is, is really critical uh, to making things better. So I think that I would, I would suggest that. And then uh, what else I'm trying to think, yeah, what know, was your question? Uh, yeah, Sorry, about pro- uh, your favorite yeah, productivity you know, hack. Productivity yeah. hack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think waking up early is yeah. really key. I, I think waking up at like five is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you basically the world is sleeping and you can get some really important things done the first three hours of the morning. Um, like this morning I was up at like five forty-five, and I got a few things done that I knew were really critical to, to yeah. push me forward, uh, through my day. So I, I think it's kind of hard to, you know, you want to snuggle in your bed and just like sleep or whatever, but I think just getting, yourself out and about, um, and moving. I think a 20 minute walk has been awesome. Like, you know, just get out of the house and do a right. quick 20 minute walk. If you don't feel like exercising, uh, those things, I think taking care of your mind and body mm-hmm. are, are really critical yeah. in the process. Yeah, that's really good. And we've talked about that before in the past about the importance of having that time in the morning. Uh, I've seen the that's yep. right, we I've have. seen the benefits of that myself uh, and, uh, you know, and want to honor and value that perspective and support you in that, too, because I, too, have seen it helped me in my life. So let me, let me go back. Let's take you back to when you were 18 years old and you know what you know now. But if you could have whispered something in your ear when you were 18, uh, knowing the journey that you've been on, how successful you have been, how much of a leader you've been, how you've um uh, mentored people along the way and, uh, and, you know, help people uh, grow their career. 
What would be some, one thing that you would tell yourself as that 18 year old in Mumbai, I guess, uh, growing up? Growing up? Well, I was oh, in the US, US by then. Okay, but yeah. sure, I was, yeah, when okay. I was 17, okay. I moved to the US. Um, yeah, I think my advice would be really stop blaming other people for all the mess you go through in your life. <laughs> uh, you know, for, or for example, like one of the things I did not really enjoy uh, or wasn't in the habit of was reading books when I was 18. Like yeah, you're in college and you got to yeah. do stuff and learn. But I think, you know, after I graduated, I kept blaming my parents. It's like, hey, you guys never like, you know, uh, encouraged me to read books, you know, and I think that was really a big mistake on my part to to blame my parents for uh, like they never stopped yeah. me. So I think in 2013, I just made a conscious choice. It's like I'm going to pick up a book and just start reading, and and then and you know from there, like I just you know kept learning and growing. So I I think the take ownership of your life basically that's the that's probably the the thing I would tell yeah. myself. Um, it wasn't like I was not responsible. I think I was very mm -hmm. responsible at 18. But but I, I still think there's things that I felt like I, you know, I could have learned things much faster, you know, from other yeah. people um, rather than trying to to blame people that, you know, for my short Well, you know, what I mean, thinking back on books and things that you've read and you're always making recommendations about books that you've just recently read. Uh, when you know when we've talked in the past and and had you know sort of either non business meetings or or business meetings together <clears throat> since we have gone our different directions uh, and I've always valued your thoughts about finding these unique authors you know to read and, and things but could you you have one one or two books that you could share with our audience about something that you've read that was meaningful to you or something that uh, that you're about ready to read? Yeah. So there's a couple that, I mean, I've been listening yeah. to, not reading yeah. as such, but you, you know, I think there was a, there's a Jim Rohn book called, I think it's called Jim Rohn, the complete library yeah. or something yeah. like that. I, I can uh, look it up, uh, but it's a great book. It's a motivate. He's a motivational speaker. He's not alive anymore, but you know, the people like Tony Robbins basically trained under, under Jim. Yeah. Uh, so, so that'd be a great book. It's called the ultimate Jim Rohn library. You can find it on, on audible. Uh, I think it's been a great book for me. I learned a few things, you know, in the process. Uh, so I highly recommend. And then another cool one. And I think this is an area where I, I'm trying to, I, I'm also like gravitated. It's just my interests. Like I'm gravitated towards legal concepts yeah. a lot. Like, I don't know. I like the, the law, <laughs> you know, yeah. for some reason. And, and I read or listened to this book called from the great courses and great courses has a lot of different books that you can yeah. check out and you can learn about different topics very quickly. Uh, it's called law school for everyone. <laughs> so that's like, uh, another like fun book to, to explore because, you know, if you live in the U S or, or any Western country, you know, obviously there's laws involved. And, and I think you under your ability to understand legal concepts or legal ideas can really help your get, make your life go a little, little smoother or much smoother, I would say. Uh, so those are two, two big books. I also tell people like America is a country of laws. And if you can really understand how the legal system works, you can actually benefit a lot from it. So, so that's another reason why I, you know, I would recommend this book. Uh, that's, to people. <clears throat> that's good. You know, and I, and I can uh, validate independently that because you recently okay. accomplished a huge goal in getting that wraps designation which has to do with you know getting mm. products on the line on the on the market all over the world and so there was a an in you know that was an independent confirmation 
of that thought of yours to try to understand the laws uh, in this case about getting products to the market. Uh, and things like that. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I recommend the wraps. You know, the certification is is more. I mean, it's more for you. Like you can learn the you know yeah. things um, that you may be uncomfortable with or, or, and then it forces you to yeah. do that, I would say it's not necessary, but it's, it's, it can really be helpful. Um, but yeah, RAPS is a great organization. They have some really good publications that they publish yeah. themselves. So I've got several of them on the back of my, I got several ebooks and several of the hard copies also on the back of my library too. <clears throat> so that's a very, that's very, very true. Um, so as we get to the close, uh, where can people find you online? No. And, uh, Start communicating. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think the best way to connect me with is on my podcast. It's called the Clinical Trial Podcast dot com. That's my website. Uh, so you can you can check it out. Uh, obviously, LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I'm just. <laughs> I I think with LinkedIn, just the volume of messages is very high, and and I feel like sometimes people are not very um, clear on what they need from you or what is the yeah. intent of the connection. I'd love to connect with people, but also I think if you need something from me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, probably not ideal. I would recommend you just send me an email at Kunal at Clinical yeah. Podcast with, with your requests and, and what you need. Um, but LinkedIn is a good place to connect and my, and my website, like I said. So those would be That's great. Those are two good places. We can easily get that all to, to you all over the world. Well, thank you, Kunal, for spending a few moments right. today. Uh, we've learned a lot about your thinking and, and your uh, maybe even mentorship along the way as people are going to be listening to this podcast. And so uh, thank you for your time today. David, I'm really excited for you for starting this podcast and, and considering me as your number yes. one guest. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited and I'm so glad you were Yeah, thank you for that. And that was strategic. It was part of my strategy. Uh, it should yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Okay. Take care.